It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. everybody get around that campfire put on your winter coats and hats it's finally december in the nfl things as scott hansen likes to say the witching hour right where wins <laughs> become losses and losses become become wins and he he does not like to do certain things with other men uh, <laughs> by a theory of ours uh welcome to another episode of the winning ticket podcast i'm your host john with dean and zach here it's week 13 in the nfl Things are getting certainly real. What did you guys think about last week, Thanksgiving, and, and what what are you guys liking this week so Ooh. far? So Thanksgiving was a <laughs> fucking nightmare. It's a tough one. Yeah, not good for the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, it's one of those things where, you know, I did a Wong teaser, which is teasing through seven and three. Um, thought it was great. It was on the board, and the Cowboys just found a way to lose. Um, that's the thing. And also, I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin all week. Yeah, uh, man. Much. Went to Lambeau Field. How, how was everything? Give, Honestly, give us a. I know we talk a little off yeah. pod, but give us give us a little bit. The, the, little the town is football. That's what I that's what I have to say. And you know, as a, as a Vikings fan, it was a little bit tough being there. I likened it to being a concert for a band that you do not like. But you know, I can appreciate everything that was going on. Lambeau, yep. the actual stadium, was actually really cool. Um, yeah, it was a good game. Big high over, big scoring game. Yeah, kind of thing. it was a lot of fun. I, to I know watch. what you guys are thinking, and no, I didn't wear any Viking stuff. And that's the point that I want to make. Do, if you go to a game between two teams, do not wear a third team's anything. Mm-hmm. It, you look stupid. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. There was That's a like guy, stadium etiquette. Yeah, it's just right? it's just stupid. I saw a Russell Wilson jersey. I saw an Andrew Luck jersey. Like, and I saw what are you doing a, here? That literally, you remind me of like a middle schooler going to a basketball game, like a, like a rec league basketball game, being like, hey, it's basketball, so you wore an orange shirt. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Just don't do it. If you're going to a stadium, wear one of the two teams or a neutral color and just... That's that. Just call it. That's some good lessons learned over there in Titletown. It did look like a good time. Yes. And uh, we all, uh, well, we so, all had our dog pounds, I should say. Yes, we did. Dean and I, you hit on our, on our Packers dog pound. Zach, you hit on your Dolphins dog pound. So the one thing I do um, want to say about all, that. Both games were pretty handily, too, which yeah. is good. Yeah. The, the one thing I want to say about the Packers money line is the Packers at Lambeau is literally a sight. Um, the, the one thing is... It's 100% Packers fans. Like, we saw Rams fans mm-hmm. in the bars and around the town, sure. but they were not at the stadium, and yeah. I can tell you that. And it's kind of like, you know, growing up near MetLife, we go to a Giants game, it's 50-50. Like, I remember one time I went Giants-Panthers, and there was, like, a whole yeah. section of Panthers fans. That just simply does not happen there. So I actually sure. upgraded in my model um, Green Bay home field advantage up a full point. Wow, it's yeah. just something that, you know, I, I've never been there until this past week, and it's, it's truly unlike anything in the NFL. Yeah. Wow. I mean that that's incredible. It's it's a piece of football history, um, no other place, uh, literally on earth, I think, quite like Lambeau Field. So to get to be a part of that is is really awesome, Dean. And it was sounded oh, like a great time. And the reason too. why I went into yeah. this uh, segue is because they name streets after former coaches. So Mike <laughs> McCarthy Way, maybe I think is, is a road. Uh, Lombardi Ave is like the main one, sure. and there's also uh, Mike Holmgren something. But yeah, oh, okay. Mike McCarthy has a street named after him. And he's the Cowboys coach. Yeah, he's currently... not coaching in this game. But um, the reason why I bring all this up, Cowboys' leg didn't hit because the Cowboys had what seventeen penalties. He's just yeah. a terrible coach. He always has been. It's just a team that you know. I don't want. I actually think that they get a, a little boost of him not mm-hmm. being there. Right, Zach. How'd, yeah, how'd your Thanksgiving stuff go? Uh, I mean, my parlay was uh, my teaser was done in the first game, thanks <laughs> to the stinky, stinky Bears. 
and the stinky, stinky fucking Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was tough to watch, especially because after the first quarter, I, I was feeling kind of confident. Right. Um, with that being said, did win some money, some other bets on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Biggest takeaway for me last week was the fucking Seahawks. You goddamn, you, I knew they sucked. And I said last podcast, like, oh, like it's like the Chiefs. They're broken. Like, they're going to be fixed. Yeah. No. Russell Wilson's only going to be fixed when he gets his fucking finger fixed in the offseason because he has no touch. He was overthrowing wide-open receivers. Pete Carroll, you are ancient, dude. Stop it. You try to it's force bad. the run. You couldn't come up with creative play calling. DK Metcalf only had one target, and it was in the fourth quarter. That's unexcusable. Yeah. And Agreed. I don't know, once again, I think it's uh, Russell Wilson not having his touch because he's injured and not feeling confident because he's injured. With that being said... Uh, it was just it was pitiful because I lost my big bank play and I had a separate parlay that yeah. would have been like legit like twenty five units if it hits. Yeah. Wow. With Seattle waiting there for me wow. to blow it. And it got exciting man, at I'm the butthered. end. At least. What I was right about was <laughs> I backed my boy Pua, who <laughs> don't look now over the last month is believe it or not in top five of pretty much all statistics yeah. for quarterbacks mm-hmm. as far as average pass distance thrown. Quarterback rating, yep. touchdowns, unbelievable, making me eat my words. Uh, hopefully he's able to put up uh, the same performance against my Giants. And let's talk about the Giants! Yo. Yes! This man knows his team. Yes! I told you, fourth time was the charm, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's just the perfect... It was yeah. the perfect trap game. The, the offense did not though. look any better with Freddie Kitchens mm-hmm. calling plays. Defense stacked up big. And let's be real, it was the first time ever... Giants got the breaks against the Eagles. That shit never yeah. happens. You're right. I, I it literally call never out, happens. I do want to call out uh, just a reminder if you are an Eagles fan that the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Yes. Um, two yes, huge did. drops on the final drive. Huge. Everyone was grilling Quez. Uh, not shooting. Everyone was grilling Jalen Rager over those terrible <laughs> drops. Yeah. Devontae Smith he was sucked. open, wide open on both of the last two plays. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts looked pitiful. But man, it just felt good. Homer. Put on the Homer hat here. It felt so good to finally watch a yeah. bad break for the Eagles. And they <laughs> right. clearly should have won that game. Uh, so you know, they'll, they'll I get, was very happy. Yeah, it, it was it was a great it was a great win for the Giants. Obviously, it was the Eagles playing poorly, not the Giants playing but, well. I'm just gonna say, but I'll I'm take good the now. Win. I'm literally yeah. good. That, if it, the Giants could somehow upset the Cowboys in one of these games, that would also make right my year. Three three weeks they got. Yeah. So, but. Anytime I beat the Eagles, that's it, man. It's like it's like college football. If oh like yeah. You're, if you're Alabama, just like, feels good. Or Georgia, like you beat one another, yeah. it's like all right. Yeah. It's okay. Right. Or how about or, Michigan? A, yeah, I was gonna say Michigan, a, a Michigan right? Fan, yeah. uh, you know, beating Ohio State for the first time in ten years. That's so, right. Congrats, congrats if you're a Michigan backer. Not, nothing like a division rivalry. Uh, and I'll just recap. Last week, I had a rough week myself. Um, Bears and Lions. You know, Zach and I both had overs. I mean, there's nothing more to say. I, I someone I'm over subtract ten points. I, I, it's it's the it's the equivalent of going to a bear or a lion's cage and sticking my hand in and going like ah, I probably won't get bit. Of course, why would I think in a million years that any of these teams would score points? I'm a fucking idiot. Okay, I'm pissed off about it. But that's all you can say about those games. Those two teams are the worst teams. I I still would hazard say the Bears are probably like a bottom three team. I think the Texans have done more. But we could we could talk about that at a different time. Raiders Cowboys completely missed. I thought that those offenses are suspect. Which they still are, 
Um, but that game obviously went way over the, the total, I, and, and I was just flat out I mean, wrong on that one. It's as simple as 286 penalty yards. That's 100. Uh, I mean, 100 go. yards is a touchdown. So yeah. basically the referees gave uh, almost three, fo- three yeah, football three fields worth. So subtract so 21 points, and would your bet have hit? Maybe. Huh? Yeah, would have. Yeah, that would have <laughs> so, yeah, so that's it. Easy would have. And then the one I actually put a big bank play on, because those were just something I gave you guys to, to chew on, was Bills at Saints over 45. Uh, and as we're watching the Saints here on Thursday Night Football, I did not realize how how horrible it's horrible how bad they are without their tackles without Alvin Kamara uh, and now they they switched to Taysom Hill at quarterback tonight mm-hmm. but Trevor Simeon was the quarterback and he looked huh surprise fucking surprise looked like he was when he was on the Broncos which sucked yeah so like third string journeyman quarterback yeah very interesting to get some evaluation out of him crazy when you have Taysom Hill who just got who just got signed everyone knows that but I want to shout out some Notre Dame fans uh, Ian Book <laughs> is on the Saints roster why not why not where's his start man they're not going anywhere give him a look. I'd That's say, what I'm saying. I'd say give them that start. The Bills held, held up their, their end of the bargain there. Saints couldn't do it. Panthers, again, Cam Newton. Ah, God, awful. Um, sh- shouldn't have bet them. Trash. I couldn't. <laughs> That's true. That's the Cam Newton. Thanks, thanks, Cam, for stopping uh, by. And, uh, and Jonathan Taylor, man, he was going. He, he got two catches, I think, in the first half. Was well on his way of hitting that receiving yards total. Um, did not do it, unfortunately. Uh, and that's just one of those. That's a bet. I, that's one of those bets I would probably make again a mm. hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> just wasn't the week to have it, and and we just we just move on. My one prop one. note about uh, running backs and tight ends typically is mm-hmm. um, I like catches over yards. Okay. Because the handicap is usually I'll have to get them involved through this way. So sure. I mean, if you think about a running back, average depth of target is, is could be behind the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. So then from there, it's just um, what and, he does and after and the and catch. Right, and a catch is a catch mm-hmm. wherever you are. Um, but we have some really good plays this week. I actually feel pretty confident. Uh, again, teams are rounding into form. We're getting a feeling for mm. which teams are the elite of the elite, like top five teams, and which teams are like mm. – the season's over, right? We talk about the Bears. We talk about the Seahawks. It's rock bottom for these teams. And there's going to be a lot of handicaps it, involving that. Yeah. Um, some teams with some back-breaking losses. But, guys, I, I do want to mention yeah. um, to everyone listening and you guys, the model on the year, I line every single game. So if I actually listen to myself – the model is 94, 76, and 10. Uh, of course, wow. those 10s are just pushes. Um, like, for example, last week, uh, the model had Washington minus one as what I would line the game. Therefore, there was no value. And that comes back as 55.7%. Wow. That's incredible, man. I mean, that's a great, that's a winning model. So, some. Simply uh, put. Maybe maybe on Instagram this week I'll, I'll yeah. just give the full and, and, slate and your, and your power rankings too. Yes. I remember you teased that mm-hmm. last week. We'll get you on there, Zach. Before we go into our big bank, tell us about your fat lock. Whatever. It's so big. Zach's fat lock. It's so big. <laughs> man, oh man, the bad luck continues. Ooh. I don't even know how we have this thing. We have to play. We have guys. to play like sad music. Here we go, gents. Uh, I'm just going to go for it here. Curb your fat Here we go. This week's fat lock is plus 165. I got first game taking the Cardinals minus one and a half at Chicago. I'm assuming Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. and Hopkins are going to be back. Mm -hmm. The Bears stink. Hopkins has been waiting to come back. Murray's been waiting to come back. If they're at full strength for the first time in, what, four weeks? Mm -hmm. I don't see how they're not firing at all cylinders and show why they are... Going to be probably the number one seed, maybe the number two seed in the NFC. Yeah, bearing the Packers. Are are they one right now, or is it the Packers are the I one? Think I think the Pack- no, the Cardinals are one. Cardinals are still the one. Yeah. Okay, there so you go. Two losses. Yeah, there's that. Number two. 
I'm riding with my boy Pua. That's right, Pua. <laughs> Let's do it. All the shit Pua talking. Pua's listening. You're finally starting to prove me wrong, coming off four wins in a row. I got the giant uh, Dolphins plus two. I am teasing over uh, teasing over zero simply because I just don't see a world unless the Giants win this game, coming off of a huge emotional win against a division rival. Daniel Jones banged up. They're saying he might start, power through it. If not, Mike Glennon. Mm-hmm. To me, whatever. I don't really care. It doesn't make a difference whether Jones or Glennon starts. I think Miami's firing all cylinders. They're in Miami. So props to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the Dolphins get this done, dare I say, easily. And then my last leg, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles coming off of a bad loss against the Giants, going up <laughs> against the other New York team, the New York Jets. Eagles minus a half. The spread, I think, is minus six and a half right now. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much just have to win outright. Uh, coming off of as bad of a performance as ever mm-hmm. last year, uh, last week <clears throat> against the Giants, I once again don't see how the Eagles... The Eagles don't even have to play well to beat the Jets. Right. The Jets coming off of a fucking fluky win mm-hmm. against... Houston, I think momentum yeah. is on the right side here with the Eagles. And that's it. Pretty simple this week. I'm going with three favorites. But these are three games when I looked at it and I was like, man, I really don't see how any of these teams lose outright. Yeah. And that so, was my thought process. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's a very key thing, too, that you said, Zach. Um, you know, we, we do the teaser segment for the numbers and we kind of talk numbers a lot. And that's what, you know, gamblers and a betting podcast yeah. will provide you. But if, it, you know, Zach knocked it out of the park, if you feel better about doing all money lines, then yeah. you can get a win that way. That You probably won't have to lay right. a lot. Um, you could do all the teams against the spread because Zach was very convincing. Yeah. So that's something that, that I'll be definitely entertaining. Uh, Eagles minus six and a half, I think, under the key number of seven. I think that's a, a great bet. ATS, it's all, that's but a I do run. not have that in my big bank. Yeah, we have. Well, let's let's go into it. We'll go, go big bank picks right now. Big bank picks. I'm chomping at the bit. I'm going first this week because <laughs> I love this play. And it's Ooh. so funny because Dean. Right before we started, he's like, I'm telling you guys, the Vikings are going to lose outright this week, yada, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, well, they might, but I'll tell you what, when I look at the Vikings versus the Lions, right, you think immediately like, oh yeah, the Lions stink, (laughs) and the Vikings are always competitive, and are always putting up points, right? (laughs) That's what I'm thinking, Mr. Square, but I'll tell you what I was thinking (laughs) when I was thinking about the Vikings. I'm thinking about, man, it just seems like every week... The Vikings come out fucking firing, and they die in the second half. And I wish there was some sort of, like, statistical data Ah. that would support this. And sure as shit, I looked it up. Vikings have the seventh best scoring offense in the first half, averaging over 14 points in the first half weekly. The Detroit Lions, they are the 31st scoring team in the first half, averaging just about six points. 14 minus 6. That's a sign. No. (laughs) That's a sign. So, what does that mean? That means that the Vikings' first half minus 4.5 is Zach Nasiolo's lock of the week. That's right. You heard it here first. This is my fucking first play. Zach, it's it's minus 4. Take minus 4. You got minus 4? Yes, I do. It is officially now minus (laughs) 4. I don't even care. I think the Vikings will easily be winning by at least a touchdown at the end of the first half. What do the fucking Lions have left to play for? They are now even more injured with their best offensive mm-hmm. player being out for the next few weeks than DeAndre Swift. And listen, I've seen it all year. Dean, you've seen it all year. Yeah. First half, Vikings are a different team. Yeah. So it's like second half, they just forget what the fuck they're doing. I just threw you in and on it. You, yeah, you'd I'll love to see it to me. I'm like, you know what? I don't, that's a great one. I don't want to see the second half of the game. I don't want to see where they make their stupid mistakes. Right. Right? 
Kirk Cousins doesn't line up under center. Tell yeah. me you saw that from oh, fucking yeah. Lambeau, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Vikings. That's right. Oh you didn't God. get to watch it live, Dean. I, I watched the replay. I think it was a, a, a fake out. No, but Zach, honestly, it's one thing. <laughs> watching this coaching staff, it's one of those things that I always notice that um, they don't really make adjustments very well. That's the sign of a bad coaching staff and a bad play caller. So... Um, yeah, they usually blow their load on the first drive, and that's that. that well, well said, uh, Vikings. Dude, the Vikings are like me on fucking prom night. I'm like, oh god, is it going in? Is it going in? Oh no, I'm done. That's it. There it is. I was there. Your voice was a little higher though, but um, no, I, I love it. I'm actually going to place that as well. I, I think that's it's one of those things man. where you know um, they're going to be ultra motivated. They already were out. They were without Cook earlier in the year, and Alexander Madison had like 135 yards. During that game, so um, yeah, I think that their offense is going to be humming as usual. So I love that. I co-sign it. I co-sign that. I'm very happy. Hundred percent. I, I, I love that you guys are. Uh, yeah. I love inclined it. to take this. I love that. That's love amazing. It. So I will start us off with mm-hmm. a one unit, which is a double unit, as as we are on this mm-hmm. side. Um, a double unit on the Washington football team and Las Vegas Raiders over nice. of forty eight and a half. And why do I like this? Um, last week we saw. A little bit of a snoozer on Monday Night Football with uh, the Seahawks and Washington team, but I feel like there was a lot of bad breaks that Washington uh, didn't have, including a Logan Thomas touchdown that got overturned. Um, he did drop the ball, but, you know, game of inches there. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson actually on the first drive hit Tyler Lockett three times over the middle, and that reminds, I would just like to remind everyone, that the Washington football team uh, blows coverages all the time. And who recently decided to start airing it out? The Las Vegas Raiders, who... Um, are now without Darren Waller. I actually think that that helps Derek Carr get a little bit more, um, dare I say, ballsy. I think it's going to be one of those things where he's going to be looking to take the yeah. shots of Sean Jackson. He's going to be looking for the Hunter Renfro type of thing. A, so A lot of defense mm-hmm. too, Dean, just real quick. Where they were keying in on Darren Waller too, Absolutely. which was affecting his play. Absolutely. That's why Hunter Renfro had season high in everything on Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving on my bench. Yeah. Yep. So believe it or not, uh, (laughs) Las Vegas Raiders, they are 6-5 at the over on the season, and Washington football team 5-6. But then again, um, I just talked about that Monday night game. And then, of course, there were some times earlier in the year where uh, it was just kind of uh, a droning on of no offense. I think that this, this time it's going to be... Wide open, Taylor Heineke, everyone's starting to make the turn of, you know, Washington's feeling themselves. Heineke might be the guy. Um, moving forward, Derek mm-hmm. Carr is looking a little bit better. Actually, fun fact, leads the league in passing. Uh, both teams run the wow. ball very well. Okay. And, um, yeah, Las Vegas, nice nice and clear weather. I think that both teams are going to let it fly. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Um, again, it's it's the – I'm still not – and I know we have, like, the season-long bet, Dean. I'm still not 100% sold on Washington. Mm-hmm. A lot of the – like – like how, how much credit can you give this team for earning a victory against the C- a Seattle team that has literally hit rock bottom? Well, like ro- I'm telling you, rock bottom. My whole thing about Washington is that they are undefeated after the bye, mm-hmm. um, with an average winning margin uh, besides last game. So they beat the Bucks by ten, they beat the Panthers by six, and they beat the Seahawks by two. Yeah. Um, my whole thing is the Seahawks. Yes, we all know that they suck now. But that was the nail in the coffin. And I have a little bit mm-hmm. more on this a little bit later. But yeah. that, John, that was the Seahawks with their backs against the wall. Yeah, true. And, you know, if you really think about the Washington um, defense, no Chase Young. Yeah. Uh, Landon Collins gets abused for a living pretty much. Mm-hmm. This team is just asking for a, a competent offense to come yeah. in and kind of blow and, them out. And I stop mean, them. Yeah. The Panthers had nothing really with Cam Newton. The right. um, Russell Wilson's broken. And then you got the uh, Bucks with Tom Brady that, you know, Washington just played – 
ball control there. Yeah. So I, I really think that we could see some. We could even see some turnovers. Derek yeah. Carr maybe forcing the ball. Sure. I think this is going to be a sneaky little shootout. Yeah, I, I love it, man. My first big bang pick for you guys uh, is going to be the Cardinals. It's an alternate spread. And I want to let you guys know that this is contingent on both uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins playing, which the signs have been pointing them to play. If they're not playing, I don't recommend taking this pick just because I, they should still cover, I think, with Colt McCoy, if I'm being honest. But stranger things have happened in the NFL. I want to give you a bona fide winner. I'm taking an alternate line. The length is at 7.5. Why am I going to get hooked? Why am I going to buy down to 6.5 or 6 when I think this team could really blow them out? Let me go to the first lo- first spread that goes to plus odds. Cardinals minus 8.5 for plus 105. Wow, I like that. It's, it's spicy. It is doubling down on my opinion that, as I mentioned earlier, the Bears are like a... I'm telling you, Bears and Seahawks. The, the whole year has been, well, the Jets are bad, the Lions are bad, mm-hmm. the Texans are bad. We know that. Now we're talking end of the season. Team like the Texans and the Jets, they they it's like their identity was supposed to be bad. Yes, like yeah. their identity was we're not Super Bowl contenders, but we're gonna play our fucking hearts out. Yeah. The Bears and the Seahawks, not that they were Super Bowl contenders, certainly playoff contenders, and they have massively disappointed. Mm-hmm. Matt Nagy is is effective today, and I really think he would have been fired on Thanksgiving if they mm-hmm. lost that game. Effective today is on the clock. Yeah. Um, we we joked last week. He was asked in a press conference if yeah, he's fired. Fire you know, and and when and when has that worked out for anybody? I said that last week too. The Bears are awful. This is really about the number one team in the NFC. Um, give or take what you feel about the Packers, but they're probably the best team in the NFC when they're all healthy against one of the worst teams in the NFC and one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Bears. Cannot keep up with the Cardinals' offense if Kyler Murray's playing at full strength, or at least close to full strength. And the Cardinals' players are just too good to not make this. I would want to honestly take this spread in the double digits. The only reason why it's not right now is because of the status of their two stars. So, fun yep. fact. Uh, the model are, break my, are you breaking my heart? Or no? let, me, let me hear it. Let me hear it. The model makes <laughs> this game, Arizona. Minus 12 and a half. Wow, okay. Oh, the model. All right, if it's a model play, I feel that much better. Yeah. I think that this, yeah, this is one of those games at seven and a half. There's no value in taking that. If if you think they're going to win by a touchdown, then buy it down to six and a half. Yeah. If you think they're going to blow them out, take whatever number you like. Like I said, this one was the first one because I think they were minus eight for minus 105. Mm-hmm. Why not an extra half point? It, it is, you know, the, the, the numbers are not there where I have to worry about a nine-point win or an eight-point yeah. win. Um, so... Uh, if you if you buy into the Cardinals being the best they possibly be, beat up on the shitty Bears team, and uh, and and just take the win and move on to the next one. Yeah, that, that's, that's know, clear clear cut. Do we know who's starting at quarterback for the Bears? Is it Field or Dalton? It I would probably be Dalton. Gonna, I, I actually thought it was going to be Fields. Oh, it was going to be Fields. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. It, the, either way, they the experts. Nobody knows. So it's yeah. one of those things where I just think. That but I don't have Bears, fa- I don't have faith in any yeah, of them. Yeah, the Bears anyway. are just such in disarray. I mean, Allen Robinson is. Last year he was like stuck on the Bears. That was like the big trendy funny thing. Yeah, I think now he's just legitimately like he's hurting his career by being on that team. I've so yeah yeah he's, I, he's I've a nothing. Seen, Mooney's okay, I guess, but like they don't really run the ball I, particularly I've, well. I've seen enough. Thanksgiving yeah. spotlight. Everyone in the country watching uh, against a divisional opponent who you know very well who has yet to win a game. Yeah, and you need a game winning field goal. Yep. Give me a break. This this team this team would be relegated. They're they're awful. <laughs> I'm pissy at the Bears because of last week. That, Amen, they man. are. Keep on losing, baby. That Giants draft pick looking better and better. There it is. All right. Mm-hmm. So, Dean, I will ask you to save our same play for last. Okay. I'm going to go with my second play. And this is kind of another surprising one, gents. Love it. Hear right. me out here. 
<laughs> All right, fun fact. This team who I'm betting against is a probably a public darling. They're 5-6 and six at the spread this year. With one of those wins, only one of those covers, mm-hmm. came on the road. Ooh. Last meeting, very high-scoring affair. I believe it was week one or week two. And if you remember, a one Matt Ryan threw <laughs> about three picks, two pick sixes. <laughs> yeah. And they kept them close the entire game until the fourth quarter. Tampa's been playing sloppy. Okay. Seems to me with Antonio Brown, their offense is not quite humming as it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Colts made a lot of stupid mistakes, which let that team back, which is why... God help me, I'm taking the Falcons plus 11. Wow. Versus Tampa Bay. I like that. I am taking the points. Do I think the Falcons are a good team? No. No. Absolutely not. But Do I think they can do enough to Mm -hmm. be able to cover 11 points? Why the hell not? As long as Matt Ryan doesn't get pick happy, they Mm -hmm. played him tough. It's a division rival. They know the team. Am I saying the Falcons are going to win this game? No. I think we'd all sit here and be fucking shocked. Mm -hmm. But Tampa has not exactly played... You know, clean and effective yeah, football sure. the last three to four weeks. They, they and this is one they could kind of catch them sleeping a little bit. Oh yeah, it's been a fucky year. Mm-hmm. Why not the Falcons? Give me eleven points all day long. When I look at those big spreads, I think of the Texans. I think of the Jets. Yeah. I think of the Jaguars. The Falcons—they're not a great team, but eleven points to a division rival in a team that's actually square in the NFC playoff hunt. Yeah. Why not the Falcons? Amen. I say this game, you know, they could they could wind up losing by seven. They could lose by ten. Fuck it, eleven points. Give me the points all day long. God help me, I'm taking the Falcons. <laughs> I love it. And uh, honestly, pick. we didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand, but uh, the model has Atlanta plus eleven as a play. Wow. Because um, I would line it as Bucks minus ten. I agree. I think it's just one too many points. And you know, a very interesting thing. I know we talk teasers a lot. We talk about getting mm-hmm. over key numbers. I mean. 10 is probably the third key number if you really had to think about it like that. So getting above um, that 10, I mean, what's the? you always got to think, too, what's the motivation of blowing sure. out the Falcons? And this is something that I even said on the NFC Conference uh, pod, that with Arthur Smith and a young team and talent, they're not in full talent evaluation mode. Right. They're still trying to be competitive. And don't look now, the Falcons have, what, five wins? Yeah. Like, they're two and a half wins away from, from going over on their regular season win total. Sure. Not that anyone cares about that, but, like, you know, they still are showing up on the graphic yeah. as in the hunt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone believes that they're actually going to make it, but I mean, the Falcons have an easy schedule. Yeah. This is their hard game; they get up for it. Uh-huh. I agree. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Dean. Because, and I, I do actually think it. We, we joke about like, are they mathematically eliminated? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it matters to the guys in the locker room because there is because if they do have a, a mathematical chance, it does give them. You know, it, it, it's just an easy way to say, hey, listen, we win this game, and like, it can only get better. Yeah. Right. It's, it's when you really start. You know, like. The Lions, and it's weird because like a team like the Lions, you would think would give up, but they're fighting for their first win, so they're yeah. gonna they're gonna play hard. Let's yeah. not mention the fact. I mean, I know Antonio Brown hasn't been with the team, yeah. but Edwards just got suspended. Who was literally the MVP of yeah. the last game against the Colts, who had a couple first right. turnovers, had a huge game. So they're losing a big part of their defense. They are as and well. A, another key component of this, in order to cover a double digit spread, you kind of need some points to be scored, right? Yeah. The Bucks are kind of. Th- this is going to be an under game script. They run the ball a lot mm-hmm. more with Leonard Fournette. I mean, yeah. last week he had four touchdowns. Ronald Jones had right. one, right? Do you and think they're going to have four, you know, five rushing touchdowns this they, week? They like need, that, to, that's they the need thing. to get margin. They're going to run the right. ball. They're going to kill clock. They're not yeah. going to get that margin that they need. So I, I agree. It's a it's a damn ass play. And I think that when it comes down to this part in the year, I think the books are just trying to catch people being square, going, you know, Bucks. I don't care what the number is. Right. I'm, I'm, just taking, I'm them. taking them anyway. And yeah, exactly. in lockstep with that. 
Do you know who's the worst team against the spread this year? Well, second worst team against It'd the spread. It'd be the Chiefs, probably. Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. You know who's one of the best teams against the spread this year? Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Man. Wow, dude, that's awesome. I got a 10 at minus 115 on that's Fox great. Bet. And this is one that I'm going to I'm going to go. I mean, the model makes it way too way much closer than a 10-point game. Could the Broncos get blown out? Yes. But the Broncos have been playing well. They are now securely in the hunt. Yeah. And just two weeks ago, we were talking about the Chiefs being terrible, um, you know, and they're broken and we're done with them and, and right. this, that, and the third. Yes, they're getting a little bit healthy after a bye week. But the one fun fact, a lot of people, the lazy people will come out and be like, oh, Andy Reid after the bye, he's really good. He has not continued that. Everyone has caught on. The public got sharper with that. And now the books are, are putting that up to a premium. Andy yeah. Reid has failed to cover in his last three games after a bye week. Oh, wow. Okay. That's the only hard-hitting analysis that you're going to get here sure. and nowhere else. I'm going against the green here. I'm going to take the Broncos um, getting the points. I just don't think that it's going to be that much of a that bloodbath. Was, that was literally my 1B. My 1A was the Falcons. My 1B was going to be the Broncos. And, of course, I would like to clarify, that will be for a half unit and the double unit, so one regular sure. unit. So yeah. the $20 unit. Perfect. Um, I'm going to stick with you, Dean. I'm actually taking the under on the Broncos-Chiefs game at 47.5. Right. And, and, and be, before you get into it, yeah. I would just like to say, catching points, you yeah. want an under game. Exactly. So, actually, John and I are, are kind of correlated here. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. That actually would be a good same game parlay to make. Yeah. Um, and why, why am I taking this under script? Um, and, and I know I haven't been the best with totals the past couple of weeks, but this one I really did some research into. So, um, division rivals, they know each other very well. Um, I don't think this is going to be... I don't think... It sounds weird to say that the Mahomes offense is not a shootout type of offense. They just haven't really gotten into one this year. I don't know if the Broncos are going to present them with the opportunity to have to go toe-to-toe. I don't know if their their offense can put up enough points uh, uh, to, to, to go for an over-game script. Right. Four out of the last five games... For the Broncos, the Chiefs have also gone under, so uh, I see there's a trend there, and and in this particular case, I'm sticking with that trend. I also don't know exactly how these defenses are going to play, because the Broncos look really good some weeks, the Chiefs have looked good some weeks on defense. Because it's a division game, it's kind of all up in the air. It almost forces you to think, why even take anything on this game? Um, But in following the trends, and in, in taking what is... You know, the square play is, like you said, Dean, is the Chiefs spread, you know, Chiefs 40 to 14. You know, like that. that's just like a dunderheaded um, mm-hmm. prediction. This could go very well in, in the Broncos' favor, at least in covering. They have a chance to win the game, too. We could see something something like a 19-14, something like that. I, I think totally it could very well Especially be. Especially uh, this time of year in the weather. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? Right. Yeah, and, and sorry, I just want to clean up one stat there. That's sure. uh, Andy Reid has failed to cover in his last two after the bye, not three. Gotcha, okay. He's actually two and two in his last four. So I think that's, um, you know, it's like we said, sports gambling has been legal for about four years, right? And the public has gotten sharper. That's good. That's good. Zach, how many? You got, we, I know I have one more play. I got one more. He's got one more Me before the Me and Dean have down. the same last play, uh, so why don't you go ahead, Jono? Okay. Uh, this is another total. Um, this is the Chargers at Bengals over 50 and a half. Ooh. This is the, the last time that these guys played was in week one of last year, 2020. That final score was 16 to 13. Suffice to say, guys, these are different QBs ever since that week mm-hmm. one, their first NFL game. Yeah. These are two of the more explosive offenses. Um, statistically, they're they're not like like they're, they're they hover around like top 12. 
Um, so if you're just looking at stats, you're saying, well, you know, one of the most explosive. But I've seen the Chargers put up a ton of points. I've seen the Bengals put up a ton of points multiple times. Um, I, I think that, simply put, this is going to be a back and forth. We're probably going to see some lead changes in the third and fourth mm. quarter. 50 and a half seems... This this strikes me, if it was like in prime time, this would maybe be closer to like, maybe like a 54, 55. So um, I'm going to take both teams well over putting up, you know, they could probably put up more than 30 points per. This is what I should have handicapped with the Cowboys and Raiders last week. That's mm-hmm. kind of the mentality. Is like, let me just take the teams that are going to score a lot of points and uh, and take their over. And I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the Chargers. Uh, as you will see maybe in a later segment. Ooh. But I like that over 50 and a half. And I have one unit, just to let you guys know, one unit on each of those plays that I gave you for the Each of the match. double units, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, one unit is now a double unit. Yes. Right, yeah, that's it. Okay. We, just, we just mess up the match. Sounds good. Glad cool. that we cleared that up. Yeah, no, Whoops. very interesting, John. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bengals had an offensive explosion last week. They could definitely put up, put up points in bunches. The Chargers go to stop the pass primarily. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Joe Mixon is pretty damn good, so the Bengals could just run every yeah. play. And I, I would uh, think that the get ground that way, and absolutely. then of course Herbert's good. I would think that the Bengals too. I mean, working in the favors, if the Bengals do wind up scoring a lot of points, and the Chargers can't quite keep up, well, now they're gonna have to throw the ball. And uh, amen. This this also strikes me as a game that could like it's e- it's either easily gonna go over or it's gonna be like backdoor yeah. cover in the yeah. fourth co- in the fourth quarter, and you're like, oh, okay, we're good. Yeah. Also, I, not to bury the lead, but the Chargers really need this game. So no, it's the truth. Well, again, that that factors into it too. That's that's the motivation. They're they're, they're like you predicted, you know, accurately, Dean. They're they're an up and down team, and this point in the season, these teams have to figure out: well, are we an up team or are we a down team? Amen. Because you know, there's only one way to go. Amen. So all right, start I, us off. Zach. Have, I, really, I have, I have no idea, by the way, what you guys are I choosing. So I'm going to start fun. this off by just letting John read my note. I have one note. <laughs> ah, I'm taking the 49ers minus three at Seattle. Yep. Okay. And would you just like to read that out loud? What I have. <clears throat> Great. According to Zach, these teams aren't even on the same planet. Wow. They're not even two ships passing in the night. <laughs> They're not, They're even, not even in the same solar system. <laughs> I have a model discrepancy of five. This is two units, so two double units for me. This is a big one. This will be a big, big bank swing. The juggernaut, are we calling this one? <laughs> yeah, this is a double double like. Um, total three old units. Um, no, more than that, right? Because of a double unit. So anyway, uh, yeah. I digress. So <laughs> me and Zach both like this. Uh, my whole thing, and then I'll let Zach uh, clean it up. You know, I have the model discrepancy of five. Uh, so that's I, I would make this Seattle minus eight. I think that they deserve to be laying um, a touchdown easily. I mean, if you look at these two teams on different planets, as Zach had so poetically <laughs> said, uh, the Seahawks are dead last in the NFL in time of possession per game. Wow. And why is that? It's because... They, they insist, suck. They insist <laughs> on running the ball, which you oh, would yeah. think means that they keep the clock, they burn the should, clock. Should earn time of possession and win it every week. But right? no, they don't get first downs because they have bad running backs. Mm-hmm. They have bad running backs, and yet they insist on running every play. They have good wide receivers, but they refuse to throw to them. Yep. The 49ers, complete opposite. They run every play. They know who their who their running backs are. They Hell, they make a wide receiver a running back. Dio Samuel probably not playing. I don't even care. I think Brandon Ayuk is finally shaking off his cobwebs. He's starting to play again. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is a little bit explosive, even though they run the ball. And Jimmy G is damn, damn good. Uh, Dare I say Debo Samuel, best running back in the league? Yeah. Hey, that is, that is not a far-fetched assessment. I love this, guys. Um, I actually should probably take this myself. Mm. Um, fuck it. 
I'm adding this to my big bank. Let me. How, let's see how I'm going to figure this one out because I want to get in on this. As, as John as John moves the units, um, um, yeah, I, I do want to say um, the one piece as well um, that I wanted to bring up is there is something in the NFL about a a motivation edge. We always say that, and you may be thinking, okay, Seahawks at home, they're going to get right here. It's a big divisional Dude, I, game. It was literally so this. I so I looked at this. It's like when I see the line is three. It was like the same kind of philosophy I had last week with taking mm-hmm. the Giants. I was like, well, divisional game. You know what I mean? Everyone's overlooking it, but the Niners are not the fucking Eagles. Right. And the, the thing that I, that I wanted to get out is last week was the backbreaker. That's the eighth loss. I know that there's an extra game this year, but they are realistically not do they're not doing anything. When they were saying, you know, oh, we gotta do seven in a row, we gotta run the table, etc. I, I could see that more so than winning winning out and having eight losses and going nine and eight and making a playoff spot. If you look at the teams in front of them, the Niners, you get the Vikings, even you know some of the shitter teams like the Falcons are aren't out of it. The Washington team aren't out of it. Um, hell, the Giants aren't out of it. So it's one of those things right. where I think the NFC is crowded and they already have that eighth loss. I don't think that these guys are going into the locker room going, "Hey, if we win out, we'll make a playoffs." I think that these guys are looking around. Russell Wilson's trying to figure out a way to get onto Philadelphia. And I've even heard some locker room rumblings too, where they KJ Wright wanted to come back, and he said he would take the minimum, and management wouldn't take it. Wow, um, this team is a mess. I think They're that it's it's way worse than we could ever describe. Yeah, but, I just think that it's it's one of those things. I, I talked about a little bit uh, earlier on this podcast. It'd be one thing if Russell Wilson, like Russell Wilson's not right. Yeah, like when you're have wide receivers standing there waiting to catch a pass with no one around them, and you're sailing it. 10 feet over their yeah. head. Something's mm-hmm. off. Your hand is hurt. Mm-hmm. What do they have to play for? The Niners have everything to play for. I don't care that it's a division game. This just does not make sense to me. It does not. I want all the fucking smoke. Yeah. I do not see how this line is three points. I don't yeah. care that it's in Seattle. Amen. Niners are just such a better team. Yep. I don't see how this isn't a seven point. Spread. I might actually, in my personal ledger, take a page out of John's book. I, I have the model San Francisco minus eight. I might just take a... San Francisco minus seven in Hell, my personal yeah. and just lay the touchdown. And, sure, and get you know get, get a some cu- juicy plus odds. There. Yeah, just get extra money. Like you said, Zach, it's it's the, clearly the reason why the spread is so short is, is is it's because a division it's a division game. Sorry, I can't talk. Um, the Seahawks are at rock bottom, rock bottom for the for this. I would argue for this franchise. I can't remember the last time even the Seahawks teams of old, which have never been particularly good. You would never feel this feels like the end of something major. Yeah, like this they, is do we do you guys in in watching like the like the Seahawks that I remember had like Sean Alexander mm-hmm. and then anywhere before that is literally gray to me. I don't know what this team was. So yeah. knowing knowing well, this team without Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. it's like where like where does this franchise go? Um, what, is, what is the identity? Unfortunately, even in the Sean Alexander era, and if you guys are Seahawks fans, you could chirp up, chirp us at winning tail top. <laughs> but yeah. even in that era, they weren't really that good. They just made it and would get blown out in the right. first or second round of the playoffs. It, even though we want the ball, and we're going to score kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, it's just they weren't a good team, and historically mm-hmm. they're not a very good team. Uh, John, to, to answer that question, I think yeah. th- this city is starting to feel the they're going back to the irrelevancy um, once Russ leaves, and yep. I think he's on his way out. Truly, I think so. I think so too. So that's going to be a half unit for me. So I'm I'm taking I'm going to take the full unit on the Cardinals game, mm-hmm. full unit on the Chargers Bengals over, and then half unit on the Chiefs and Broncos under, uh, and then on right. Seahawks minus three. So that's a triple like. So you got a half. Big bank. I got two, and you got one. Yes. So this is a this is a big one. 
Yeah. This is the juggernaut. This is the 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 winning ticket podcast. This is the juggernaut lock of the year. I can't wait to get. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the, the lock first, of the year. First triple it has to be. First, first triple X just took us thirteen weeks to get there. Without further ado, before we say goodbye, let's head over to the dog pound. The dog pound. All right, guys. I finally. Br- Got off the schneid of my dog pound. I was on a three-week losing streak. <laughs> but, guys, I think I got a really good one here. And that will be the Pittsburgh Steelers outright at home. Wow. Facing their hated, hated, hated rivals, the Baltimore Ravens, which um, I'll pull those odds up in a second. But, guys, I just want to say, you know, there was a lot of rumblings this week. Um, Ryan plus Clark, 170. Plus 170. There it is. Cool. Uh, lock it in. Ryan Clark. Uh, was talking about how um, you know the team's soft and there's no culture and stuff. Mike Tomlin actually went and doubled down and said, "Yeah, you know what? You're probably right." And some of the guys that used to play here know that. Um, you know, there's a, a lot being said about Chase Claypool doing TikToks. Uh, Juju, who's not even playing, he does the same thing. The, this is not the Tomlin way. This team really is starting to feel the pressure of finally having a losing season. I think that's absolutely unacceptable. I think that Tomlin's going to tighten the reins. They're going to come out with a very spirited effort. They hate the Ravens. That matters. They're at home. I think that this is a good one. Steelers have a short week uh, coming up, playing the Vikings next Thursday. I think that they're just not even worried about that. They know that their season's on the line here um, in their mind, so they're going to go out and focus on taking care of business. What, uh, what, what can I even say about the, the Ravens here? Lamar Jackson just continues to prove everyone right. He's not a particularly good thrower. Mm-hmm. Um, his only good play was kind of a punt that he threw up that Mark Andrews bailed him out. That yeah. was a catch of the year probably. Dare I say that was probably harder than the Odell catch, but anyway. Um, <laughs> that, that was really cool. But at the same time, I mean, the Ravens are very beatable. I think that the Steelers yeah. have the personnel to do it, and they've done it in the past. Right. So give me the Steelers. Coin flip game, I'll take the plus 170. Yeah, I think the division rival um, factor... Not only division rival, in. a hated division rival. Yeah. And then when you go um, and look at it, it's after a, an embarrassing loss. Yeah. A shellacking. Yeah. And and the Ravens, I don't know what the stats are about how many close wins they have, but they, mm-hmm. they probably pace the NFL, if I'm thinking, in, in close wins. Absolutely. All right, guys. I'm taking a ticket <laughs> out of the John and Dean playbook here because every week they reiterate, and these are two very successful <laughs> dog pound uh, betters. And Zach has actually been pretty good. I believe I'm like two for my last three. Yes. Nice. Uh, thank you, Pua. Uh, but that being said, the best team right now that is an underdog is the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah. Going into Buffalo for Monday Night Football. And if there's one coach that I trust to beat a division <laughs> rival, it is one Bill Belichick. I'm taking the Patriots plus 120. This is it. This is this is division right here, guys. Uh, the Patriots are looking to continue that hot streak. Uh, if there's anybody who could come up with a defensive scheme to slow down the Bills' offense, it is going to be the Patriots. Uh, coin flip game, right? We all yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. Coin flip just game. About. If this was in New England, it's still a three-point game. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is truly just the home field advantage. I will say, probably going to be rocking in Buffalo, right? Oh, yeah. Crowd's going to be going yeah. wild. But that being said, like I said, you got to trust Bill Belichick. you got to believe. And I think the Patriots proved that they are once again going to make a deep playoff run this year. Give me the Patriots at plus 120. That's that's a good absolutely. You using the strategy to your benefit. I think that's that's a great pick. I can't wait to watch. I literally this, this is, is the this first Monday Night Football game yeah. I'm legitimately excited for in probably all year. This yeah, they schedule makers Bravo. They had to have known something like this was going to happen. Um, and this is the first time they're playing this season, right? Yep. Each other. Mm-hmm. So 
it really this could very well settle the division in a weird way, like right now, depending on mm-hmm. how the rest of the I know they play them again, but like yeah. depending on how the rest of the schedule shakes out. So that's I, a fun I, one. I think the one thing about the Bills is you know, like I said in my Chiefs handicap, is that we've been talking about like, man, what's wrong with the Bills? I mean, they lost to the Jaguars. They they've looked bad at times, and it's one of those things where you know the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick does not accept that. So the Patriots will not look bad. The Bills, we don't know if they'll look bad. So, um, yeah, in, in that regard, I would lean on that side as well. Absolutely. My dog pounds, game I mentioned earlier, I'm taking the L.A. Chargers um, in Cincinnati. I and, and we joked off pod, Dean, you're like, why Chargers? You're going to have to convince me. Um, I'm going to read you who the Chargers lost to, and, it, and I think it really is comparing the two teams who they lost to. Chargers lost to Dallas in Week 2. Dallas is a pretty good team. Um, they're an NFC contender. They lost to Baltimore, who has won close games, but they got, mm-hmm. you know, the, Baltimore is still seen, I think, by a lot of a lot of AFC teams as like right. the class of the AFC. They lost to New England, who is a team, you know, like a cannon, which Zach just mentioned, shooting out throughout their division, rising up the ranks. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, a team that's you know it's average. Um, I think the Vikings shoot themselves in the foot more than them getting like beat out by teams. So um, they just didn't shoot themselves in the foot that badly that game. Mm-hmm. And then the Chargers just lost last week to a again a middling Denver Broncos team. Now here you got the Bengals. Who do they lose to? They've lost to the Bears, the Jets, the Browns. You know who who's they've looked hot and cold. They got uh, destroyed by the Browns. And then they did lose a close one to uh, to mm-hmm. Green Bay, but that was earlier in the season. Yes. So the bang- what this reads to me is this. The Bengals are very prone to sleepwalking through games. I think the Chargers, mm-hmm. with how close the division is, with how the Chiefs are now a little bit more upstart, Broncos are playing well, Raiders are playing well. This is an important AFC match, uh, and I think it is kind of a coin flip game. I think the Bengals, not that they're going to overlook the Chargers, but if the Chargers just catch them, and I do think this game is going to be a shootout, the Chargers are like you know the team with the, the ball last in the game. Mm-hmm. That could just produce an outright win. Don't have to worry about the spread. Uh, and I think I think the urgency for the Chargers has to start being felt starting this week. So I like the Chargers. I think it's plus 140. Wow. So obviously put a put a unit on that one. Hey, once again, it's uh, one of those things where, you know, like you said, it could go either way. So we'll we'll take those odds. Yeah. I'm really excited, guys. This was a lot of – we had a lot of fun tonight and yeah. a lot of power in our picks. I and, got a little emotional. And it's it's week 13. This is what, this is the time to yeah. go against, against the grain a little bit because the right. bookmakers are trying to – um, get some of that money back, and I think that you know we've exploited that in some lines that just shouldn't be as high as they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this time next week, I'm going to say, hey guys, welcome back. It's week 14. We did so well on our bets. <laughs> We're all rolling in the cash right now. We hope you guys rode with us. So uh, I do encourage you guys to keep following us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Winning Ticks Pod, on the Slack channel as well. I know we posted on Instagram our Thanksgiving picks. Those didn't go as well as we wanted to, but we do want to get some more content out there. This is what what we're doing. You're, you're reaching this point is our main form of advertising and telling mm-hmm. you what our picks are. It's not about graphics. It's about um, conversations, and it's about. I mean, you guys convinced me to take a to take a mm-hmm. you know a, a side that I did not have in my ledger at all. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of this whole operation. And God. Damn it, I love doing it. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you again for listening. For Dean, Zach, and myself, uh, we'll see you on the Winning Ticket Podcast. And have a fun time.